There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to a jam-packed episode of Talkin' Titans. I'm your host, Mike Organ from the Tennessean, and I'm joined by Titans beat writer Eric Bacharach and columnist Gentry Estes. Today we're diving into what is shaping up to be a fast-moving free agency. The Titans already have locked up quarterback Ryan Tannehill with a reported four-year, $118 million deal. And they've put a franchise tag on running back Derrick Henry, which should keep him around at least one more season. That seems to answer the Titans' two biggest questions this offseason. But it hasn't all been good news so far, has it, Eric? You know, no. You know, I think it's been a really busy, as you mentioned, fast-moving uh, offseason, Mike. I can tell you yesterday, I think I followed my first story at like 9 o'clock, last story at 9 p.m. Uh, so it, it's been a nonstop day. It's been busy. You know, I, I think... I think, Gentry, uh, you wrote about sort of the ramifications of the franchise tag on Derrick Henry. You know, I think some Titans fans aren't super happy with it. I I think we probably agree it's it's the right move. And and again, that doesn't mean that they won't lock him up long term for July 15, which they're able to do. But look, I mean, you look at the history, the recent track record for running backs, their second, uh, second contracts, a lot of them haven't panned out. Just Monday, uh, the the Falcons uh, let go of Devontae Freeman. You know, in yet another example of, of a second contract for a running back that didn't work out, you could look at Todd Gurley, you could look at, look at David Johnson. You know, so Titans fans, you know, I think are understandably upset that he wasn't locked up long term just on what he's done, what he's meant to this franchise, how he carried them this past season. All that being said, if you're John Robinson, you know, if you could reach agreement on a maybe a team-friendly type of deal, great. If not, this might be the best course of action. I don't think that anybody wanted to do the franchise tag. I think the Titans probably saw this as something of a last resort, but it was a resource available to them, and it just made too much sense in this instance. Um, I understand Henry wouldn't like it. Uh, some of his teammates probably wouldn't like it. I mean, we, we Eric, we talked to Ryan Tannehill today in which he said, I hope a deal gets done. Right. And I think anybody would look at that and say, yeah, I mean, going to see what this guy meant to this team in the playoff run last year. He's earned it. But – as the Rams are looking to trade Todd Gurley mm-hmm. and all these other big-time deals for running backs are not working out and they've hurt the team, it did not make sense for the Titans to hand Derrick Henry some big six-year expensive right. deal that that tied their hands so much moving forward. Given that and the fact that you still wanted to have him on the team, really your only recourse at that point was to use the franchise tag and give yourself more time to, as you said, to try to get maybe a a bit more of a team-friendly deal. What what you're doing there is you're hoping the locker room doesn't have a big problem with it, right. and, and you're hoping that Derrick Henry doesn't hold out. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he's he got that right. He could do that. His incentive to show up to things, and, and things are kind of different this, this offseason just with – you know, the outbreak and how that affects off-season programs and, and you know, just the, the normal off-season schedule. So we'll see how that plays into it. But he, he doesn't have a whole lot of incentive to show up when he's on a, you know, a one-year deal where if he gets injured, you know, in a preseason game, that really affects his value going forward. So we'll see how he approaches that. You know, I will say that of, of the running backs, just kind of looking at Henry's usage uh, in his time as a pro, you know, I know he was given the ball, you know, every single play in high school and, and uh, you know, a ton in college. But in the pros, I think it really benefited him to start his career playing behind DeMarco Murray. That kind of saved him some wear and tear for, for now. First two years of his career, uh, he had fewer than 200 carries in each of those seasons. This past season was his only one with over 300 carries. So, you know, I, I do think, you know, if you could get him 
you know, maybe on a, uh, I think if you lock him up for two years and then beyond that, maybe a third year team option, something like that to me would be win-win for both sides. But again, it, it depends on if, if Henry agrees to that. And, um, you know, we'll see. They, they do have, you know, a couple months here to work it out. And just based on what was said at the Combine, you know, I, I think we made kind of a, a big deal of it that the most definitive thing that John Robinson said at the Combine was about Derrick Henry. He said, point blank, we're going to do everything we can to keep him here. And he, he didn't say, you know, long term per se, but kind of read that as they're going to be looking to, to sign him to a long term deal. Definitely didn't see as much about Ryan Tannehill, but that, again, that could just be us reading to sort of every syllable and making a lot out of, you know, maybe nothing, maybe a lot, maybe nothing. Um, so we'll see. Where this was tricky, I think, for the Titans this offseason is Derrick Henry at age 26 coming off the brushing title. He's never in his whole career going to be in a position where he could he, he would have the value he has right now. Right. And and he needs to to do what's best for him and try to get that deal. thing for the Titans is Ryan Tannehill was in the exact same place. Right. And it was always going to be tricky on how they were going to navigate that. And you knew the tag was a resource they had, even though they probably didn't want to have to do it. But you felt like one of those guys was going to get it. And then when the deal comes with, with, with Tannehill, now you, you kind of right, know what's coming with wall. Henry. Yeah. I think a lot of the problem that, that you saw some players on other teams bring up, and probably the Titans players themselves, without saying it, are probably going to think, is that, well, Tannehill got this big deal. The guy that kind of carried him didn't. But I think that's just the reality of the NFL in those two positions, don't right. you? I mean, I, I yep. think that's – if you've got a legitimate starting quarterback, that is harder to replace than a running back. It just is. I, I agree. It, it's hard – like going into this offseason, I thought all along that Henry was the most – irreplaceable part of of the team and I think it was really close with Tannehill just how he sparked that offense but I agree in general 100% that that running backs are much easier to replace but you know I think Henry's got a very unique skill set I think that you're you're bringing him back uh, and Tannehill back just the fact that they'll be back for this past season is the bottom line that's great but it'll it'll be interesting to see the the, if this has any negative offshoots if there are any you know, set or drawbacks to, to having a guy that, you know, know he knows he has no job security beyond this season. So we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. Bottom line for now, both Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill coming back for 2020. Yeah. And, and you know, Derrick Henry's been an awfully good employee over the years. He, yeah. He's, and he, he's had reason to be upset when and he hasn't been. Right. And he's been, you know, from a leadership standpoint, he, I think he's come a long way in that regard, too. He's been really vocal in, in terms of the way he leads. He's been somebody that guys in the locker room rally around. So, you know, this I don't know if this throws a wrench into all of that, but it'll certainly be an interesting dynamic to, to keep an eye on and, and see how it plays out. Um, again, assuming that they don't reach a long term agreement, which which they still could do. OK, we move on now to uh, uh, Tanny Hill more specifically. Right. How significant was that getting that deal done? What does the future look like as far as locking him up beyond that? Right. Talk about him a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think I think all along we thought it was um you know, the right move. I, th- I think, you know, I, I saw a couple of uh, comments on Twitter, you know, uh, fans outside of Nashville saying, you know, fans, uh, Titans fans must be upset right now. But that I don't think that's been the case at all. I think most fans understand the sort of the lightning in a bottle thing they caught with Tannehill and Henry last year. And, you know, Tom Brady's track record, his his accolades obviously speak for themselves, but he's a 42-year-old quarterback going to be 43 by the start of the 2020 season and uh, he's coming off a down year where Tannehill is is 31 years old 
uh, to me, is the perfect fit in the system just with what he does, his mobility, his ability to sort of really take advantage of play action, propensity for big plays, his chemistry with A.J. Brown. I think all of that was the perfect fit. You know, and I think it's reasonable to expect some percentage of, of regression with, with Tannehill. I don't think he's going to you know, have another... Uh, 117.5 passer rating that led the league that was the best in in, uh, team history here you know so that was obviously you know a really high bar for him to meet season after season but to me I look at it like it's going to be the second year with with Tannehill under centers second year with Arthur Smith as a play caller you know the offensive line came a really long way during the season you have Roger Saffold Nate Davis coming into their second years with the team I mean why wouldn't he get better yeah exactly I you know I, I think regression naturally could be expected but at the same time i think he's got every chance to build off of what he just did that was such an awkward abrupt situation with mariota last season and he's on the he's doing this on the fly still learning still getting the trust of his teammates the pass protection really wasn't that great a lot of the season people kind of you know i know losing jack conklin's not something the titans probably wanted to have happen but i don't think that o-line was ever to a point where it was untouchable in terms of can you improve from what you're doing. The, the pass protection really wasn't that good a lot of the season, and Tannehill made plays anyway with, with a receiving core that I think you could you could have better options there. You have a team that was in the postseason throwing meaningful clutch throws to Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, um, Khalif Raymond in the, right. in the Ravens game. I mean, Tannehill wasn't sitting there with an all-star group of guys around him and he still was able to do what he did last season. If they're able to improve that a little bit, the pass protection, the receivers, you still have Derrick Henry, I don't think there's any any reason to to think he would take a step back. To me, anybody who would think the Titans were somehow – Titans fans should be disappointed by keeping Ryan Tannehill over batting maybe Tom Brady, they didn't watch the Titans very much last season. Yep. Anybody who would think that until the last couple of games because – Tannehill vastly outperformed Tom Brady last season. I think he did it with similar people around him. You hear people say, oh, Brady didn't have anything with the Patriots. Well, no, look, the the Patriots traded for Mohamed Sanu. They had a guy, uh, you know, Julian Edelman's a pretty good pass catcher. They had Ben Watson was a serviceable tight end. You had, um, you know, they they drafted Nikhil Harry about a round ahead of where the Titans took A.J. Brown. Right. So, I mean, like, I don't think the Probably Patriots 20 were, picks more, yeah. Yeah, Patriots were out right. of options. I, I think Ryan Tannehill did that well. And for some reason, it's so it's very hard around the league for people to believe that, but the Titans clearly believed it, and that's why they did what they did. Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is right now, and it, it's it's still kind of crazy to say, but I would rather have Tannehill than Brady straight up. But but even more than that to me is that Tannehill is, is the perfect fit in this system. It just It's tailor-made to what he does well. If you bring in a guy like Brady, you know I think you have to, um, you know, at least rewrite a, a significant chunk of the of the uh, the playbook. And, and why mess up something that was so good last year? Why mess up an offense that averaged over thirty points a game? With Brady at age forty three, you have no guarantee that's going to work. Yeah, and you already know the guy you have works well. I, to me, it was obvious all along. I know there was a lot of talk about Tom Brady and the relationship with Rabel and all this and that, but I. It just never made sense to me for the Titans to chase those rings when they already had a guy on the team that was that was better I, I, for them right now by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. That answers my next question. How much interest was that? Was there ever really any sincere interest in Tom Brady? That that's that's the real question, and I think it's it's hard to really know because you know the Titans didn't say um, obviously anything about it. Uh, I, I think the reason why it took off is because it, it just seemed like. 
you know, such a viable landing spot with, with all the connections, you know, Vrabel and, and Brady and, and um, you know, just how, how it, it seems like it could work. You know, I, I think if Tannehill doesn't have uh, the second half of the season that he did for the Titans last year, it's a much different conversation. But, you know, I, I, think, I think all along, to me, Tannehill had to have been the Titans 1A. You know, I think reports came out late in the process this weekend that, you know, the Titans weren't interested in Brady, that, that Tannehill was their guy. And I have to think he was their 1A all along, just based off of what he did this past season. I think, you know, Brady is a guy that, that brings a lot of excitement that, to me, probably would have resulted in, you know, a, a spike in ticket sales and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, in, in terms but of they just, want to win now. Just a purely football standpoint, to, to me, it, it was really a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Now and also build for the future with sure. two pretty young guys. Yeah, because I think if if you if you sign Brady, you know that that can't be. You better you, win now. <laughs> you better win right now, and you also probably draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft. So there, there's just a lot more variables in place. Yeah, you can build around Tannehill. You wouldn't be able to build around a 43 year old. Right, you, you'd be is. developing a quarterback to build around. Whereas you got a 31 year old right now that. Um, you know, quarterbacks like Brady are, are playing into their 40s these days. So Tannehill could very well have, you know, a lot of prime years left to come. And good luck. I mean, we talked about Henry with the tag, but good luck selling to your locker room, ditching Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, exactly. For, for anybody, sure. really, after what happened last season. Those guys saw what happened. That's a 2-14 and 14 that almost went to the Super Bowl. And Derrick Henry had a lot to do with it, but so did Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he it, clearly that was the turning point to their whole season. And uh, there seems to be this narrative, too, based off what happened in Miami, that Ryan Tannehill was damaged goods when he got to Tennessee, that, that he I, – I never believed the guy was that bad a quarterback. He did pretty well in Miami, all things considered. He didn't have a lot of help around him. He's dealing with Adam Gase. And I mean, there, there's just – there's a lot of reasons why he was never like the superstar Pro Bowl talent in Miami, but he always did pretty well. He never lost his starting job. He started like 88 games, I right. think. All 88 games that he ever appeared in, he started in for the Dolphins. And you've got Marcus Mariota going to Oakland. He's a backup. He he got benched, so that that happened naturally where he lost a starting job. Now he's going to earn it back. Ryan Tannehill never got benched until he got to Tennessee, and then the, you know they didn't let him compete for the job right away. I, we've said before, Eric, I think the biggest mistake they made over the course of the whole season was not letting Tannehill compete for the job in the preseason. Maybe you don't start 2-4 and four, then. Maybe you get to host a couple of those playoff games. Yeah, which, which I understood at the time because uh, obviously one quarterback you're paying a lot more. You're trying to figure out if he's the guy moving forward. I mean, I agree. I think if you started Tannehill – uh, to begin the season, maybe you're not playing three straight road games in the postseason, but things played out the way they did. Titans got their guy, and we'll see what they could do with him going forward. You guys both touched on the offensive line, right? You've mentioned the draft. Do the Titans now go to the draft uh, to build back what uh, you've lost in Jack Coughlin? Uh, um, what, what's that situation there to to uh, again building around uh, Tannehill? Yeah, you know, I think. I think that's that's certainly a direction the Titans probably will go. You know, they they did sign Dennis Kelly to a three year deal on Monday, and right now you have to assume that he's he's the starter in place, probably the starter going forward. But Titans have the 29th overall pick, and this is a draft class that is absolutely loaded with tackles. I think there could be five or six tackles off the board by the time the Titans pick at 29, and in, even then, there's there's quality first round caliber tackles that will be available. So. You know, I think that's a viable path for them as well to go through the draft to get a tackle. We'll see what other other needs you know sort of develop. You know, they've cut Deion Lewis. I think backup running back, a uh, sort of a 
third down, uh, passing, pass catching running back is something that's also going to be on their radar, maybe a cornerback. Uh, so they, they've got a couple of needs. Certainly edge rusher is up there. Any chance for receivers? Uh, you know, it is it is a very deep class for receivers, but I would I would be surprised if they go in that direction. I mean, it's just after sort of the way they've spent on receivers in the draft past couple of years, you know, Corey Davis a few years ago, A.J. Brown in the second round last year. I'd, I'd probably be surprised. I, th- I think there's more pressing needs right now, but it is a really deep class for wide receivers. I think on either side, cornerbacks probably might be the deepest position defensively, wide receivers offensively, but tackles are right there too, especially early. You know, so I think that's definitely a direction they could go in. You know, Dennis Kelly, though, is, is you know, a guy that they lock up at a, a much less expensive price than Jack Conklin, who's now going to Cleveland. You know, he's been a really re- reliable pro for them. Has started, I think it, it's, you know, around nine games the past couple of seasons. And, you know, he's had a tough assignment of having to start at left tackle and right tackle, which, you know, is kind of tough because when you go back and forth, you kind of have to play the reverse type of position. It's not that easy thing to, uh, thing to do, you know, as, as much as we might think it might be. Uh, so he's been a really sort of versatile piece for them. And just the fact that he could go into the season now knowing that he's going to be, you know, on the right side of that line, I think that gives him a leg up. I think it gives him a chance to, you know, build a chemistry with Nate Davis on the right side of the line. You know, Davis was their third pound, third round pick a year ago, um, right guard that uh, sort of came into his own a little bit as the season went on. So I think that gives them a chance to mesh and build some chemistry. And I, I, I do think that they'll address tackle, uh, certainly from a depth perspective in the draft. But, but again, maybe they go, you know, super early with, with a tackle pick and that player competes with Dennis Kelly for the starting job uh, at right tackle. To me, I think the, the bigger question hitting into the draft is going to be on the other side of the ball, especially with it, it, it appears as we record this that the Titans are not going to re-sign Logan Ryan uh, if he's available as a free agent. So that's a biggie to me. And it's, it's, it's big not just in terms of – uh, a good player on the field, but also there's a coach on the field. This guy was a was a real leader in the back end, and I think he's going to be very difficult to replace if he's not back. Part more than Jack Conklin to me, just because of what he he gave that defense. Especially now, you lose your coordinator in Dean Pease. You've got some uncertainty there with who is Rabel going to call the plays? How's that going to work during games? I mean, so I think defense, especially toward the back, I think is is going to loom as a big question mark next season when it wasn't this last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody talked about edge rusher. I think that's kind of been the position that everybody has assumed the right. Titans are going to chase in the first couple of rounds, and maybe. But uh, I think you're bringing cornerback on the table now as a possibility. Uh, they're, they, they're going to need help there. They needed help there anyway. You saw how thin they were when they got a rash of injuries, and it, it started toward the end of last season. It started being a problem. Right. And I feel like without Logan Ryan, that just accelerates that. And yeah, I feel like you also can't have enough depth there. I've, you know, the past couple of seasons, there's always been an injury. Last year was Malcolm Butler. The year before that, it was Logan Ryan. I think having depth at that position is is big. Well, and you look at who you're going to be chasing. Okay, if the Titans view themselves clearly as a top contender in the AFC, that's how they're approaching this. They're, they're approaching this very much with a win-now mentality. Okay, well, who do you have to beat? Well, you're going to have to beat the Chiefs. And in order to do that, you're going to need to rush the passer a whole lot better than they did in the AFC Championship game, and you're going to need to have more speed at the back to deal with those receivers. Everybody in the AFC needs to be looking at it this way. If you're truly t- chasing teams like the Chiefs and, to a lesser degree, the Texans, they they need to do a much better job getting to the quarterback right. and shortening these plays that were extended and, and killed them on both ends. And I think 
edge rusher's key and cornerback's going to be key is getting some speed in the secondary that they haven't had. I think a guy like Adoree Jackson is, is very valuable from that sense. Yep. But they need to get faster at some other positions, and uh, I, I and they need to do a better job rushing the passer. To me, those are the top two things right now. I think offense looks like you mentioned receiver, Eric, and I think they I've been beating that drum for a while now that they could upgrade there. Yeah. And I think if one of these guys, there's some really good receivers in this draft, and if one of those guys happens to fall to pick number 29 and you get a Jerry Judy or somebody like that sitting there at 29, I think it'd be really hard not to do it. I agree. I think I think somebody like Judy would probably have to fall pretty far for that to happen. And I've looked at, at mocks. I, I don't think most of the top-tier guys will fall, but if they do, uh, you never know. You know, similar situation last year where the Titans didn't think Jeffrey Simmons, there was no shot of him being available where he was, and, and he fell. Um, I saw AJ Brown mocked in the first rounds last year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Receivers will fall. That's not a high-value position in the draft, whereas corner and edge rusher, those both are. Uh, before we leave this, uh, Eric, was there any chance, and I think this is a, a question from the fans, was there any chance of keeping the three, uh, and why would they not franchise uh, tag uh, Conklin? Uh, you know, I think that's, to me, in a, in a perfect world, that's what would have happened probably is you find a way to, to secure a long-term deal with Derrick Henry, who, you know, that that is team-friendly, that, you know, you don't have to commit to him for four years or so. And that way you do have the tag at your disposal to use on a Jack Conklin and, and keep him here. And, um, you know, I think that would have been, you know, a really good outcome for the Titans. Unfortunately, just the way things played out with the, the CBA, you know, the NFL Players Association voted to approve the CBA on Saturday, which meant only one tag at the disposal of each NFL team, which meant that the Titans, um, you know, come Monday, uh, which was the deadline to tag players, you know, they, they had to use the tag on Derrick Henry. So there, there was no way to also secure Jack Conklin. Uh, and I just think Conklin, he was an interesting player here in, in Tennessee, had a really strong rookie season in 2016, was an all-pro. Uh, and, and then the, the following two years, you know, kind of took a step back. A lot of that was injury-related, but, you know, there was a reason why the Titans didn't pick up his fifth-year option, you know, which would have kept him here uh, this upcoming season, and that was because he, he struggled, um, you know, between 2017 um, and 2018. 2019, he had a good year, good bounce-back year. That's what earned him the contract. And the Titans, you know, clearly just saw more value in, in locking up Dennis Kelly on a less expensive deal, gives him more wiggle room uh, in terms of salary cap to, to go out and get some other players, some other needs to address. Maybe, you know, they do have eyes on on locking up an offensive tackle early in the draft. You know, so it was it, there was a lot of sort of factors in play, but, you know, the Titans clearly thought that Kelly at his price was a better better way to go than, than Coughlin uh, at what the Browns gave him. And they are sitting there with some money to yep. be able to spend. They I still mean, have some more money. So, uh, you know, I don't think this thing is over. I think some splashes are yet to come, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, all this unfolds. Need a kicker, too. They do need a kicker. That is something that <laughs> – Didn't even talk know. about Ryan Suck up here, guys. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that's addressed. <laughs> but that was – of all the sort of struggles, issues the Titans had last season, that was one ongoing nightmare that just wouldn't go away. It's something that has to be addressed in some fashion this offseason. Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia, seventh round. <laughs> seventh round. <laughs> Could see it. Okay, that does it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessee.com if you haven't already, and remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And drop us a review or a rating while you're at it. For Eric Bacharach and Gentry Esters, I'm Mike Organ. 
Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 